0: Thanks, everyone. Uh, Good morning, church, to those that I didn't greet yet. Uh, (laughs) Casey, that's the closest I'll come to a joke. Don't worry. All right, so um, it's so amazing this morning, just hearing, and and you'll see why I say this, uh, just from the prayer To the the leading the finance, and then the words that were brought here, how there was confirmation. Um, So when you prepare a word and you're like, "Are you actually hearing God? (laughs) Are you actually hearing God?" Um, And then you know, like it's easy for doubt to creep in. um, But over the past few weeks, there's actually been confirmations about what hopefully I'm sharing today, and how like if massaging our hearts. Uh, again, brings us closer to God. Yeah? All right. Um, So, and again, just because of titles, uh, we are the temple of God. All right? We are, do we all know that? We are the temple of God. So, the scripture that was uh, taken from my notes this morning was in the finance teaching. I just have a different version. Uh, 1 Corinthians Thank you, Britt. 3 verse 16. All right. So the version I've got says, Do you not know and understand? Do you not know? So we all said we know. But there's an understanding that comes from it as well, right? Understand that you, the church, are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwells permanently. Not temporarily, Um, sometimes we like do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, we're going to push him in a corner. No, we're going to permanently in you, collectively and individually. So that understanding part is what I'd like us to just lean into a bit this morning. Because we all confirmed, right? We know that we are his temple. Yes? So I looked at the Old Testament and what that temple looks like. Um, And there was a bit of an image. Hopefully I can get that up for us. Um, and I'll maybe get it up a few times. So this is kind of an artist's rendition of what that temple looked like. So physical building couldn't go anywhere. You had to go there because that is where God's spirit dwelled. Yeah? It's where his spirit dwelled. It's where everybody came. They came through, and then parts were available, and parts weren't available to certain people. Yes? All right, confirmed. All right, and then... Today, we, as those who have received Christ into our life, receive salvation, right, we are called that temple. And the difference between that is that as I'm moving on the stage, that temple couldn't. When I go from here to somewhere else, God's temple goes. And more importantly, if I go back to 1 Corinthians 3, it says that His Spirit goes with me every step I take. The Spirit dwells within me permanently, in you, in you, in you. And when we start understanding that, we start to see, actually, when he says he's closer than a friend, that it actually means something a bit more deeper than what we think. Yeah? All right, so in the past few weeks, we had a couple of, and I said that that kind of The confirmations came through because um, Rian asked me to, like, what am I feeling for the congregation? It was about three weeks, three, four weeks ago, Um, and uh, those of you that maybe was in the pre-meeting with Martin Stockdale a while back, uh, I felt something for us specifically, right? And um, Abel came, and he said that God wants us to reestablish, validate, and affirm Who we are in him. Re-establish. In in other words, it was established before. But somehow we've forgotten. He wants to re-establish that. Right? There's a validation that comes from it. Knowing who we are in him. And an affirmation. Which sometimes we also, when things get heavy or things get pressed on, that we forget. That we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Um, And then... Rian over the last while did the fake gods, fake, fake gods, fake, faith, and fire of God, right? So fake gods, fake, and, and those things that we give ourselves, he followed it up, is like in our hearts that we devote ourselves to, right? The things that we are actually committed to, our time, our resources, things like that, and how that is actually not God, it's actually the absence of him. And beautifully, last week, Louise, and I'm not sure if you're here today, but Louise shared a testimony um, where she said that God actually spoke to her and said, you need to lay this thing down. And she agreed, yes, and then she was faced with it the next day and she wanted to go, and God's like, you need to lay this thing down. And through her obedience, how there was freedom, and then the living testimony that came through it. And for each one of us, me included, each one of us, there's that aspect in our lives. There's something that God is maybe pulling on, uh, something that he's pointing out. And you know what? As the temple of God, there's no place for it. Right? So now immediately you think, like, sin. <laughs> but everything that's not God, probably that, right? Sinful. Might not be sin. So a few weeks ago, I led the prayer meeting and I said, okay, God's laid on my heart. Ezekiel, and I've been reading the prophets the, of old, and there's always that one theme it's like death, destruction, if not, right? So, that type of thing. So, you can take the image of sorry, like for now. Um, and then, when I when I shared that in the, in the prayer meeting, Martin, in the, the we had the circle thing here, and he said, um, he referenced it, and he said that there's a river flowing from the throne. And it flows right out and along this river, these trees, in the river, there's life. And so it's abundance of life and things like that that we, we see in that scripture. And I felt, oh, that's, not, that's not it. That's not what I'm feeling, like why God said Ezekiel. And the beginning of it is like, if you don't do this, uh, uh, things like that. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a heavy. So maybe, maybe not that. But it brought us to this, that Ezekiel 8, right? And it reads, sorry, maybe I'll just read from here. So Ezekiel 8 from verse 1, it will be up there. Then on September 17th, during the sixth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, while the leaders of Judah were in my home, this is Ezekiel, right? The sovereign Lord took hold of me. So it's just a bit of context. Um, I saw a figure that appeared to me to be a man from what appeared to be his waist down. He looked like a burning flame. And from the waist up, It looked like gleaming amber. So he reached out what seemed to be a hand and took me by the hair. Then the Spirit lifted me up into the sky and transported me to Jerusalem in a vision from God. I was taken to the north gate of the inner courtyard of the temple where there is a large idol that has made the Lord very jealous. Now, and I'll continue now. So this large idol, it was visible from the north gate. So it was in the temple, right? So when you saw it and stuff like was you looked north, you saw this idol. And it was blatant. It was there in his place of worship that the people had erected this. And I felt like, like Lord like what what could this be in modern day times? So I am his temple and the Holy Spirit, what is that in me? And and I felt God like point out that for, for me and maybe for a few of you or a lot of you, there's there's these things that we we do that is acceptable to society but is not acceptable to God. It's the things that we are easily able to bring into the light because of the acceptability in society, shame has been diminished, right? So we as humans, we come and we like, oh, this is the thing I, I like. Tripped over, and I'm, so I bring it out, and I'm like, oh, yes, there's a bit of relief, and and I'm like, this is that thing that's like right there. It's obvious. It's it's things that, like I said, blatant, right? It's it's in everybody's sight, and we, as believers, even look over it. In one another, and I just felt God challenged me in that space for for my own life. It's like, so what is that thing? So I give myself to a lot of things, and a lot of times. I'll be sitting, working, and spending most of my time there, especially when things get a bit pressurized, so the boundaries are a bit challenging in my space. Um, And then there's a lacking of, actually, family. Lacking of family. Lacking of family. And then I have to pull back and, like, oh, Lord, like, you know what? So those are the things that I'm talking about. It's the things that we, we know. It's like, it's acceptable, right? I mean, he's making a living. He's looking after his family. Yeah? Acceptable in place of the things of God in place of God himself um and i just like when i looked at it i was like god is a jealous god he says in verse 4 and 5 and something made him angry in that that version but another version says he's a jealous god now i've never been jealous has anybody else been jealous <laughs> joke. It's, uh, we've all been. If you haven't been yet, it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right. So it brings up all kinds of things in you. And so And the reason why you feel jealous is because there's a sense of like, this is me and you. It's us. It's nobody else. It's supposed to be like against the world type thing. Right? Um, If it's something, then it's like like the toy thing that, that Kurt spoke about with Declan, it's, it's my toy, right? But, <laughs> but, but these are the things that we, like when somebody takes it and you, or, or somebody takes attention off us, think about it, and they place it somewhere else, how that makes us feel. And this is what God is saying. Like this thing that you're giving your time to, this idol visible from the north gate, in my temple, I'm jealous of that thing, right? It doesn't belong there. This is my temple, is what God's telling us. And then, just like he's aware of that idol that's so obvious, he, takes, he goes further, verse 6, all right? He's aware of those other things that aren't that obvious, he says. And verse 6 goes, Son of man, So he says, Ezekiel, do you see what they are doing? So obviously, yes, Lord, I see it. It's like visible, (laughs) right? Um, Do you see the detestable sins the people of Israel are committing to drive me from my temple? But come and you will see more detestable things than these. Now you're like, that already, I mean, just based on what I said, it's like, it's detestable. He said it, right? Um, What more could there be? So verse 7, it says, He brought me to the door of the temple courtyard where I could see a hole in the hall. He said to me, now, son of man, dig into the hall. So I dug into the hall and I found a hidden doorway. Go in, he said, and see the wicked and detestable sins they are committing in there. So I went in and saw the halls engraved with all kinds of crawling animals, detestable creatures. I also saw the various idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Seventy leaders of Israel, so even the leaders, right, were standing there with Josania, son of Shaphan, in the center. Each of them held an incense burner from which I could, a cloud of incense rose above their heads. Right? Until there. And then the Lord said, actually, no, wait for that one. So, this is that area that is not like that idol visible from the north gate. It's the, You heard, it's Took me to the door, small hole. Inside the hole, there was a hidden room. And I'm like, what is that, Lord, in your temple? Anybody? The heart. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. Okay. Didn't work. All right. So, so this is the thing that's not obvious, right? It's the things that you and I, it could be something that we are coveting. It could be something that we're secretly desiring, that we know is like, oh, you know what, if I just had this thing, you know I mean? everything would be okay. So in everybody's life, this is different. We heard some people have a breach, some people go through the thickets. It's, it's different. Right? But Chantal had a word. right? And, and like, while she comes out, I'd like her to share that. But this is that thing where, um, if I could have Jeremiah 17, Chantal. During the service, she had a word, and I said, like, not now, like, just because it was so aligned to what I want to say. And um, verse 17, 17, verse 9 to 10, all right. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. So we know this, right? And who really knows this thing? God does. He knows every aspect of it. He knows every nook and cranny, little cavity that you have in there. He knows what's in there. Right? And the next verse goes on and it says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So, thank you. Um, so he knows. He knows what it is. Now, this, this that came through is like, it just reminded me of, well, well, the image is different. The thing I'm giving my life to, the thing that I'm that's the thing when I see the, what's etched in the walls, All right? That's the, the thing that's etched there. But just listen to this quickly and I'll continue.
1: Um, so last night uh, I had a dream where I saw a man with a, a two-point plug at the back of his neck. And it was quite um, embedded in his skin, in his neck. <clears throat> Sorry, um, And I saw a heaviness and confusion on his face. Um, with that, I saw that he just couldn't deal with this, um, this plug that was just stuck into his neck. Um, yeah, he had a, a lot of anguish on his face. And I still looked at him and I said, um, you need to get this plug out. It's like it's causing spiritual bondage, actually, like a heavy oppression um, over your life. Um, Yeah, Uh, so as he took took the plug and he removed it, but I did say to him, look, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be painful, but um, you need to just be obedient and do it. Um, So he took the plug and he still, he ripped it out of his skin. Um, But as he did that, the heaviness came off him, um, and it was the weight of the world that actually lifted off him. And yeah, so I believe like this is a yoke of oppression that we can, um, yeah, invite into our hearts actually if we don't give um, everything to the Lord like that's of the world um, yeah sure
0: alright thanks so so when Chantal shared that with me I was like what does that list? if you listen to it what does it sound like alright um, and for those of you thinking the matrix it's not that alright So, um, so when we give ourselves to these things we're etching it in the inside parts of our hearts. It's being engraved. It's like when you etch something into it, and stuff, you're cutting away what was there, and you're making a permanent mark. And this is the thing that I give myself to. This is the thing that you give yourself to, and you give yourself to, that is outside of God. It's the thing that Rian spoke about that is fake. It's not Him. It's the thing that we try and give purpose to our lives, but it's actually not. Because we know the word says, I have a plan and a purpose for you, right? So if it's anything outside of that, then it relates to this the things that are not of him. And and I feel like for us, if if I'm hearing a word like that that was given to Chantal in her time that she's and I'm hearing a word like this, then it might not be to every single person the same way, but there's something that we are plugged into, giving ourselves to, and so on. God is saying, that is not for you. I've got something else. Plug into me. Yeah? All right. And then, the question I had here is like, what else could these idols be? So these are obvious things the things we give ourselves to, things like that. Um, but something that comes through quite often is do not lean on your own understanding. All right? But in all your ways. So sometimes... I find myself very far down the road in decision-making, um, and I run with things, and I'm like, oh, I didn't actually like, see God's face in this. I didn't speak to my accountability partner. And the thing is, in that moment, do I continue down that road? Like, no. It's like the idea for us is to stop, right, actually seek his face, because he's like, you know, it's never too late to submit your ways, your plans to him. And that's the thing that, that, that I feel like sometimes we, we even when we, there's a cry for help. So you need, or whatever the case may be, you, you, you just don't want to. And there's a pride aspect to that. And that's the thing that God is saying, like, you're actually not bringing yourself into humility, the thing of God. But you actually, and the word is, he resists the proud, right? We've heard this a few times. He resists the proud. So why would I want to give myself to that? And believe me, when I say I, I'm talking about myself. I'm not saying you. Because this is literally Enrico. This is literally Lizette. Oh, by the way, sorry, Lizette's not here. She went to the ER this morning, my wife. Um, had a bit of a chest thing that's been coming on. Um, and she just couldn't shake it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, for us, we, we, we struggle... And stuff, because that whole thing about actually there's somebody else that might need help more. And that's a false humility. It's actually pride. So, this is something that we're walking out, we're working on. And when we get here and stuff, eventually, further down the road, and this is something that the, I'm, I'm taking from one of the words that was brought here as well that um, if you go to verse 12. Just verse twelve of of uh, Ezekiel. Sorry, I can get that. Then the Lord said to me, "Son of son of man," sorry, that's not immediate. rather "Say to me, son of man, have you seen what the leaders of Israel are doing with their idols in the dark rooms? They are saying the Lord doesn't see us; he has deserted." Our land. And then this comes out of a place where I'm struggling on my own. I'm trying to do things in my own strength. Um, and then when things don't work out, it's like, where is the Lord? Where is the Lord in this? All right, Who's been there? Uh, nobody? Just me? Okay, just, just a few ants. All right, so um, like, where is he? But the root of it wasn't the action that got me. It's the heart's condition. And we heard this morning that where our hearts are at. And we heard it last week. Where your treasure your heart, your treasure is that's where your heart is, right? That's the word that came through again this morning. Um and that's the thing. So if I've now there's deceit here, there's all kinds of things, then that's the thing that's leading me astray. And then we're like, Where is God? And I found myself in these positions sometimes. And I was like, takes God takes me back and it's like, Hey, you know what? Like, I've been there. Like you haven't listened. You haven't heard me. And then I'm like, oh, Lord, sure. And the thing that it comes from is that thing that I etched in my heart, right? So whatever that is for us this morning, I want to say that, and this is a quote from from a preacher we heard now recently, when we open our hearts to him fully, we will bring his light into the world. His light, his truth. And we know that Jesus is the truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if we open our hearts to him fully, we will bring Jesus into the world, which is our commission, yeah? Um, And then when you go to verse 14, and I won't read it, but the thing is, it's like if you can have it up, it speaks about the north gate again. And then at the north gate, which is on the inside, um, and maybe just get that image, sorry, get that image for me quickly. So, it's the top, just on the other side of that holy place building, North gates. you'll see it there, past the slaughter tables, all right, so on that side, at the north gates, a bit more with your arrow <laughs> That's all right, but anyway, you should be able to see it so so that's where women were, right Women were inside that inner court of the temple, um, which was a place where they shouldn't have been, yeah. Not according to God's precepts, not today. I'm talking about then. All right, so if you get that verse up again, verse 14. And it says there, He brought me to the north gate of the Lord's temple, and some women were sitting there weeping for the God of Tammuz. Not for God. The God of Tammuz. Now idol, idolatry and idol worship all in the temple of God. And he's like, what, what is this God, to moose?" And I, I did a bit of research on this one, uh, granted. And this is the God um, of new life in spring. New life in spring. So, I mean, like, why trust God for new life in spring? Because, I mean, he's put those things in place, right? Let's, let's create a God, <laughs> a pagan God, and then ask that God for something that our God already done for us. That's literally what's happening. We're crying and wailing for this. And and what it shows here for us is that it's completely defiled the place of worship. And when when I look at this now, again, that's then that Ezekiel was, what is it for me? So there's that thing that I spoke about before this. I did it the way I want to do it. I didn't go to God's word, right? I didn't actually listen to him guide me. So... What is it that I'm doing? I'm giving to myself. Self. What am I worshiping? What am I giving my time to? What am I giving my resources to? Self. Or feeding self. In one way or another. Whatever that might be. So, um, the idea is really to, to come to a place of where we, we understand that as the temple of God. Right? Me. Where the spirit dwells in permanently. That if anything else comes in there, you're not pushing God's spirit out. You're actually just diminishing the space and the, that he has in the temple. Eventually, when you succumb, when we succumb to all those desires, there won't be a place for him. And that's the scary part. So, in the inner court of that temple, it's where the temple... The, the offering was, the slaughter was made. There was a slaughter mound. Slaughter was done. The offering was made to God. So you'll see there at the bottom of the altar, right? Priest courtyard and then the inner, the holy of holies, right? But in there, verse 16 says that the priests were worshiping and they were facing east with their backs to the temple. The priests, those who were put aside by God to worship and bring the people's offering to him. The appointed. You and I currently. So, when you look at that, and he's like, "Who were they worshiping? What were they worshiping?" It says they the sun, not the son of God. The sun. Egyptian mythology, Ra, sun god. No, okay. Anyway, um, but like, if you look at Deuteronomy, and you think, okay, so why why this? Why the sun? Deuteronomy speaks of, it says, 4 verse 19. When you look to the heavens and see the sun and moon and stars, all the hosts of heaven, do not be enticed. Don't be pulled in. Don't be drawn to. All right? To bow down and worship what the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. So why worship the creation? I mean, the creator is more important, right? The man that made it. He's the one that did it. He's the one that put everything in place. But then we worship the things that have been put in place. And sometimes it's not the sun. Sometimes it's not the stars. The heavens. Sometimes it's very close here on earth. So why worship those things? Is God asking me? Why give your time? Why give your resources to that? I'm here. I've got things for you. So in that space... It was a clear, I mean, it was idolatry. It was idol worship. It was defiance of God. And he says there, they, picking their noses or flipping their noses at me, something scripture says and so on. Like, they're just poking their noses at me by doing these things. Like, you can't do anything to us. That's literally what they were doing. Saying to God, like, we will do this. We will defile your temple. We will, and again, I'm filling in the blanks here, right? So, like, but he says there, they doing this with their noses at me. And I'm thumbing their noses at me. And I'm like, who would do that? Would you do that to God? Right? But sometimes in our actions, it kind of speaks like that. And I felt God like telling me, while you won't openly do this, Enrico, there are certain things that you are doing that could be seen as that. And I was like, yo, so there's no condemnation. Please, don't hear, hear me, Don't hear what I'm not saying. We're not being condemned. Right? We're not being condemned. It's just something that I'm feeling that God is saying, like maybe there's adjustment that's needed. Maybe if you listen to the words that has come over the last while, God has been speaking to us about like where we're giving ourselves to and what it is that we're giving ourselves to. It's like, make sure that it's something that will when he comes down with fire and he tests and approves it, that actually it will withstand his fire and won't be burnt away. So, four things, right? We get from this passage. It's like the more distance we are from God, the more closer we are to darkness and Satan. if you think about like the open idol, then the hole in the wall, then the inner court, it's like a progression. So when you see the first part that should be a warning sign, when you get into the inner, it's like, hey, if you get past that, then it's like you're gone. But there's still hope for us. So that's the thing, the first thing, and then it starts with that acceptable idol. And we rationalize it, we justify, hey, man, it's not like it's murder. I'm not as bad as that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look at him. Look at her. And that's when we can justify what it is that we're doing. Like, and, and then the understanding is there that it's a gateway, and the end result is death. So the question for us is, for me, on that, the four points. Where am I? Open, idol, a uh, room, etched heart. Right? Worshipping other gods. Or am I completely lost? And if you're asking that question today, right, we have the opportunity right now to say, Lord, yeah, yeah. Not remorse, not guilt, nothing like that. It's like, sure. In this space. I'm actually not doing well. I've given my time to something else. I want to readjust, realign, reposition myself so that you are actually sitting on the throne of this heart. I want to etch it with the words from your word. So if I can ask, again, I'm not going to ask for responses in terms of like, but if we can all stand, because I don't want to highlight anybody today for anything. But I believe that every one of us, as long as we're on this earth, we still have something. Right? We still have something. So if I can ask that again, and like Rihanna always says, there's nothing magical about it. It's like just complete surrender to him, however you want to. You can raise your hands. You can um, bow on your knees. But I want to pray for us. And if you're feeling as I'm praying that, you know what, you might be here visiting with us or you've been here with us for a while and you actually haven't had this where God has come and Jesus has made his home in your heart, we'll be in front here, and you can step out. Because like I said, I don't want to highlight any single person. Um, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I want you to feel welcome. Right? And you can be a part of his family as well. So we'll be in front here afterwards. But if we can pray now, and say, Father, we know, Lord, that by your grace and by your mercy, we, we are able to come into your throne room. We thank you, Lord, that your word says, and we know that we are your temple. And we ask that your Holy Spirit this morning, by your word that was shared, will reveal to us an understanding of what that means. And where we've given our hearts to anything, Father, that is not you, that you would come and highlight that by your Holy Spirit, that you will shine a light on it, Father God, and you will bring it to the fore. If it's a known thing, Father God, that right now by your Spirit, we want to repent of it, Father. We bring it before you, we lay it at your throne, at your feet, and we say, Lord, forgive us. We come before you, Father God, and we humble our hearts, and we say we don't want to be proud people. We want to be humble people. We want to be people led by your Spirit, who dwells within us permanently, as your word says. We don't want to be worshiping God's like Tammuz. We don't want to have idols in our hearts. We don't want images other than you and your word etched inside the caverns of our heart. I ask, Lord, that you would come and heal that. And whatever has taken its place, that you would, Father, just help us as we submit that to you. And you would come and take that rightful place in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.